0: Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelly Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelly Shearer here, and welcome to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. The whole point of this podcast is to talk about life and experiences and not living in regret, and today I'm going to specifically talk about not living in regret, because we're going to talk about making memories. And I had a wonderful opportunity this week to do that. And I'm a big believer in making memories. Have you ever noticed that you bring to mind, good or bad, it doesn't really matter, things from your past, from your childhood, and they make you feel a certain way? Because memories, like like words, like anything in our bodies, have energy. They're, they're energetically driven, and they usually have something attached to them. So it's always interesting to me that people do not... Um, make more conscious of an effort to ensure that they have good memories in their life. Because I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but it it has happened to most anybody I've ever known and certainly to myself. If you ever talk to family and you're reliving a childhood memory and once you get older and your parents are being a little more disclosing, they'll look at you and go, honey, that's not exactly how that happened. And you're like, no, really, that's how I remember it. You'll have a lot of moments like that in life, but childhood memories in particular are usually quite interesting because we are viewing the world, uh, through a lens that isn't one fully developed. And it's, it is, well, it happens later in life as well. We see the world through the filter to which we have, uh, we have created in our life. But when we're little, that filter, uh, it's probably not as emotionally, uh, what's the word I'm looking for The framework for distorting a memory isn't quite the same as it is when you get older, but at the same token, when you're younger, you don't have the maturity and the awareness to view the memory or an experience in any way except for that as a child. And yet when we're older, we remember that memory through the filter of being an adult. That's probably the best way to describe that. So we have these experiences, and that is one truth. Then we have the memory of it, that is our truth. And then we have the reliving of that memory as we get older. And I tell you, I've got to say in my own experience, that gets skewed as I age and those memories change. So the reason I bring that up is a couple of things. I was uh, away a month or so ago, as most of my listeners know, down to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, visiting uh, friends. There's six of us that go down. And we were discussing a couple of things. One, the girlfriend, one of my girlfriends that I've known since I was a child, uh, and it's the third girlfriend I'm gonna talk about that I made the memory with on Wednesday and I've spoken of her many times before. Uh, Terry was could not remember me ever being to her house as a child, yet i had been to her house many times. So something in her filter had sort of uh, removed that memory for her. We were not close friends as little kids. We were sort of secondary friends through two other friends. The four of us have grown up together and as adults we are amazing friends today. But um, she was not my one-to-one contact. You know you how ha- you have that best friend. Beatrix was my best friend, and Terry was good friends with her. So I, in turn, had a, had a relationship with Terry, and that grew as we as we aged and grew older. However, that memory for her just wasn't there. Also, her and I, Terry and I, got talking about money, and she was. It was interesting how I was saying. We were talking about some family stuff and it was really great to speak to her because she comes from a family that uh, as well has, has you know, there's money and assets to be dealt with and in the future there'll be an estate and these things I've spoken about it many times. You need to be educated and trained in these aspects of life as far as I'm concerned. Whether you have money or don't have money, I do believe that that knowledge just needs to be, you need to learn and you need to know when there is money there, uh, how to handle it. In fact, I, I'm actually a firm believer that you should learn to hand, handle money when you have little bits of it, because otherwise, when you have large gobs of it, you aren't going to know how to handle it properly. Anyway, that's a complete segue in a totally different uh, a totally different podcast on money. But no, this is about experiences and memories and not living in regret. So she was saying how she was reading this book. I'm sorry, I do not know the author. I cannot remember any of those, uh, those details to give you... Uh, a place to look for this I apologize but she was saying how she was reading this this book and how our attitudes about money are developed by the age of six and I thought that was rather fascinating since my granddaughter is just is just turned six and I think what does she think because in her mind my girlfriend was like and it's when I started realizing that her words were I will always have money but it will always flow from my parents uh her father is quite successful and um and has done a lot to help their lives, as, as my father has. And I thought that was interesting because that's not my attitude of money. Money does not flow from my father or my parents. Although I've certainly had lots of helping hands in my life, I truly believe that I am the, the, uh, the driver of that in my life. And I truly believe in a abundant mentality. I don't have a poverty. I have another girlfriend that has a complete poverty mentality. And it's very hard, even though as close as we are, to discuss some of these things. Because her filter is completely different from mine. And in case you're wondering, that is a mindset. So if you are of that mindset that you believe that life is always about want. And you never have enough. And you're broke. You're always commenting on the fact that you're broke. That is poverty mentality. And you truly could do some coaching and should do a little work on that because the law of attraction cannot work with a poverty mentality it really because you're putting out to the universe constantly both physically mentally and energetically that life is about want and that's not the message you want to send the universe so i'm not sure where my mentality comes from i grew up uh i've told this story many times my sister and i are four years apart and it's very interesting because i grew up with a father that worked very hard and we did have a lot of toys. We, we were big campers and, you know, I, I watched him upgrade us from trucks and campers to motorhomes to nicer motorhomes uh, as we were eight, as we got older and, you know, we had dirt bikes and when I was younger, I had a, we had snowmobiles. We, we were very fortunate, but I also, money was not thrown around. Like we didn't go out for dinner. My mom made most of our clothes when we were little. I grew up in an attitude of understanding to watch money. In fact, my mother and father, but this was mostly my mom, which I really appreciated, uh, back in the day, we had a thing called in Canada called the Family Allowance. Now, many countries have these types of, of social systems. When we were little, uh, families, and my mom, of course, was a stay-at-home mom, so they were a single-income family, uh, she would get this little check every month from the government and uh, there's something in place. I think the Child Tax Benefit in Canada today and is kind of a similar thing. Anyways, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was just this little little bit of extra of a tax rebate. And when I got to be 12 years of age, I got my family allowance. I got my $60, but I had to clothe myself. That was the deal. I started, you know, wanting, I got to be a preteen and I was coming into my teen years and there's things I wanted to wear and I wanted to buy name brand jeans and things like that. And my mom was like, that's fine, but here's the money. And you know, what? whatever it was, 30, it couldn't have been 60 back then. It must have maybe be $30 or 20 bucks a month. And I was given that money, but I had to dress myself. So no longer was my mom out shopping for my clothes or making them any longer. We weren't little kids anymore, so she wasn't making my clothes that much anymore. And, uh, and yeah, and I, so I learned budgeting and I learned to manage that money. And I babysat from the age of 11 and went to work at 15. So I've always earned money and I've always handled it, saved it and managed it. So I really appreciate that little lesson and I tried to teach the same thing to my son. Now, my sister, she's very good with money as well. That's not the point of this conversation. Actually, she's amazing with money. Um, She's four years younger. And so she was coming into those preteen years as my dad was building his new business. And that changed things. Life became much more affluent for us through those five or ten years as I was leaving high school and those types of things. And she was just coming into it, uh, eating out, vacations, going to Hawaii. These things all became a little bit more norm in our home, and that wasn't the case when I was growing up. So she has a little bit different mentality than I do. And in fact, we've always had this joke because when she got to be a young adult, she her memory of her youth was that her dad didn't work because he was there to make her breakfast every morning. She didn't realize that my dad ran a trucking company and uh, and hadn't really kind of put that together as an 11, 12-year-old kid. Whereas I was 16 years of age already and driving and working, and I completely understood the sacrifice my father had made to become self-employed. He used all his vacation for two years to uh, to run herring, and uh, and I'm getting into too much detail here. D- detail here, I apologize, and uh, and eventually went full time, t- opened a trucking company, and left his job of twenty years. So we have very very different perspectives, and it's funny again how those experiences create our filters. That's let's get back to where get on point to what I was talking about. <laughs> Now, Beerta, I've talked about her many times because she's like my conscience. For starters, she remembers everything. I don't even know how that woman remembers the stuff she remembers. We've known each other. We celebrated 45 years of friendship on Wednesday, and we had an adventure. And here's what happened and how life got in the way, and how life could have gotten in the way to the point where I would have not have gone on this adventure. My girlfriend lives out of town from where I live in the lower mainland of Canada and in a place called Kelowna, and she flew down to Vancouver Island, to spend a week with her dad who has fairly severe Parkinson's, and her stepmom went on vacation with her two daughters. So it was just great. Birch has always said, you know, just give me a couple months' notice and I will come down and look after him. You've got to have a break as well. And so she did this. She came to look after her dad for the week. But Vancouver Island, for me, I live, you know, 10 minutes from the ferry terminal is very easy for me to get to, and I can walk on because my husband can drop me at one side, so it's not an $80 each way uh, trip. It's not a $200 round trip thing. It's a $20 round trip thing. And she picks me up on the other side. And we had planned this a uh, month ago, but it is the middle of tax season, and I'm a little overwhelmed. And to be quite honest, I had a bit of a flip again, uh, but with a client's work on Tuesday night. So I was feeling I was feeling upset again, and I was a little anxious, and I was like, you know, I just don't not, not have time to just go fart around and, and, uh, and play in Victoria tomorrow. And my husband just looks at me and says, oh, you are so going because he is right. I tend to, especially with my issues now with my fibromyalgia, I'm way big of a homebody that I never used to be. And everything kind of becomes an issue. Well, that you just can't let life do that to you. You need to make an effort because my point about not living in regret is, I've done a lot of things in my life and I've been very fortunate. <clears throat> haven't traveled as extensively as I would like to. But when I look back on it, I actually have traveled. It's not like I have not left the continent. I have. I've been to Europe. I've been to... Have I been to South America? I can't remember. Oh, I've been down to Belize, but that was just for a day trip. I was actually still in Mexico. I have, uh, you know, there's, I've been to China. There's a lot of places I'd still like to go. <laughs> Lots of places I'd like to go. But I have been very fortunate and those memories sometimes are often way better than even the experience of it. Because in the experience of it, lots of times... You know, there's lost luggage or there's, you know, there's food poisoning or you are exhausted or, you know, you can, my list can go on about how things when you're traveling can go wrong and how you're wondering, what am I doing here? I should have just stayed home. But later that memory is spectacular. And once you've experienced something, I've spoken on this many times, you cannot unexperience the fact that your perspective is now broadened. Every experience you have in life is going to broaden your perspective and you can never look through the same filter once that has happened. And it has been an amazing experience for me to watch my grown son experience this because when he was younger, he was definitely a bit of a tightwad, a bit of a cheapskate and everything was just about, you know, downscaling and uh, he wasn't a big fan of work. So it wasn't about making more money for him. It was always about not spending. And I used to just natter at him going, no, you need to have a, a mentality of prosperity, and the work will come and then you go and have these experiences well it took about a decade but he is there now and he is all over the experiences now even last weekend for instance they had a lovely champagne uh engagement party in South Africa him and his fiance. and afterwards it's like oh my goodness why did we do that we're exhausted it was socially it was just exhausting and the planning and the money and blah 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 and I'm like uh no you get you have your two minutes of whining. But I know for a fact, just like when I threw them their engagement party here in Canada before they went home, that that memory will stay with them forever. The pictures are there forever. Um, The sharing of that with friends and family is there forever. I have a terrible regret when I was much younger. One of my dearest friends from Alberta that I went to college with here in Canada, in BC, he got married and I was a single mom and couldn't afford to go to the wedding in Saskatchewan or wherever it was. I think it was Saskatchewan actually. And my boyfriend at the time was one of his best friends and he went and I stayed home and I have to tell you to this day, I regret that. Now they were actually at my wedding, my second one with Keith, and he was my photographer. His wife made my cake. These people, these are people that are very dear in my life. And I've just always really, I look back at it and think, would I have missed that $500 or whatever it would have cost all those 20 years ago to have gone to that wedding and have had that memory forever ever. (laughs) So this is kind of what the point I'm trying to make about not living in regret. And sometimes you need to just stand back and say, am I making a mountain out of a molehill? Can I make this happen? And do I want this experience? So here's what I did Wednesday. My girlfriend and I went to high tea at the Empress. I have wanted to go to the Empress Hotel and have high tea my entire adult life. Really, since I was a teenager, I am a serious girly girl. Okay. And I had to laugh because in the same week, two girlfriends made the same comment when I told them what my plans were Oh, if I ever went to high tea, I'm doing it with you. And I'm thinking, What? <laughs> Why? But apparently, everyone knows I'm a girly girl. If they're going to have girly girl experiences, they might as well have me along with them. Well, true to form, I am. And I don't know if you all know what fascinators are, but I have a British background and I am in just I'm enthralled with those feathers and little mini hats you wear in your hair if you've ever seen things about the royal family in in uh in England you know exactly what I'm talking about they all wear hats to everything which I think is spectacular by the way and I wear a hat every Easter to church and it's getting to the point now at my age in this day and age that I'm the only woman in, in in uh in church with a hat on so it's kind of funny but that's okay I wear it anyways I wear my purple hat with pride So I packed us a couple of these little fascinators. I have an entire box of them. Yes, I do. And I got her a little teeny one because my girlfriend is not a girly girl. That's just not how she's wired. She's my little Birkenstock chick and my little tree hugger. And uh, so the hippie's in her little thing and the girly girl's in a big cream fascinator and we are doing our thing. And when we're together, we're actually two peas in a pod. But yes, we we actually, for full-on lifestyle, have very different... You know kind of very hippie versus I'm very formal like what's the word I'm looking for if I'm not a hippie or I don't know I, I'm we're just different that way anyways not important I apologize I'm sort of rambling and so we wanted this experience so I got in the ferry and it was we just had terrible weather it was a beautiful sunny day I went and treated myself to the buffet breakfast which I rarely ever do um, it was just lovely and saw her dad who hasn't I haven't seen him in years and he hasn't changed at all and he was having a good day with his Parkinson's so It was, that was lovely. And we went off for the day. We did high tea, dressed and finger sandwiches. Oh, and the Empress does full gluten-free. So our whole thing was gluten-free, which was nobody got sick, which was wonderful. I'm a celiac, by the way, and my girlfriend is gluten intolerant. So that was lovely. And the beautiful shops, you know, it was just an experience. That may not be your experience. That's not the point. I'm not saying go out and spend $75 for high tea like I did. Uh, is it expensive? Yes. And my husband has said, I'm, you know, years ago, it was like $55. And he was like, I'm not spending a hundred bucks to go for tea. So he's never wanted to spend that money and do that experience. He won't think twice about spending that fishing mind you. Uh, but for me, I wanted that. I just wanted to sit in a formal dining room. I had a beautiful glass of champagne and we had these wonderful organic teas with all these fancy flavored sugars and our little finger sandwiches, desserts. Oh, and the scone with, uh, with the creme fraiche was unbelievable. Our clotted cream, sorry. It was, it really, it was just all lovely. <laughs> it was just right up my alley. There was a penis on a grand piano. Our waitress was entertaining. Okay, are you getting the picture here? I've, I created the picture for you here. What is your little dreams and little shoe boxes and little bucket lists and things that you tuck away and don't do? You need to do them. You need to make these 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 the effort that's the word i'm looking for i apologize i we're looking to make the effort so that down the road when you are middle-aged you are not living in regret and i'm not saying go into debt and live beyond your means there are a million ways to have fabulous memories and to make the most of life by just changing your mentality and making an effort and that is one of the things that i tr- work very hard with with my granddaughter Uh, my granddaughter loves spending time with grandpa and I because we're the adventure grandparents and her love language I've mentioned this before is quality time so anything that I do with her is a big thrill now tomorrow we have her and both the parents are just so hilarious I have to laugh at my son and my ex-daughter-in-law because to me they just don't get life at all we asked for a little extra time with Adelaide tomorrow with our visitation so that we could go do a chore and still have a meal with her. And, and my parents would like to come and have a meal with her. They haven't seen her in a couple months. Um, and so I'm asking for an extra couple hours and I have to fight for that with my daughter-in-law. She'd rather not give it to us. And that's her prerogative, but we're really hoping that they'll change their mind, but their attitude. And my son was no different was why do you need Adelaide packing up her bedroom? Now, my son has, has lost his home. He's been given his notice and he's got to pack up his home and we're, getting rid of a bunch of stuff putting some stuff in storage and bringing him home with us here he's only home four to six weeks a year now he's living in South Africa and we're just gonna have to make this work well Adelaide already has a bedroom in our house so we're going to combine the bedrooms get everything cleaned up and uh, and she's got to make some choices of things that need to go be given away now to other children that she's probably done with or whatever but she's got to be part of that process in my mind she needs to be part of that process this is my children's uh, attitude why are you taking Adelaide? She doesn't need to be doing chores or need to, to do any of that. And I can, I just can't even begin to tell you how I disagree with that nonsense. Children, like anything, need to be part of the process. Otherwise, I've heard so many people in coaching sessions that have felt so betrayed. In fact, Beerta was, ex- was expressing a story when I asked her opinion on this. I said, listen, this is what Keith and I... Th- expect to happen tomorrow that Adelaide is going to have to suck up a couple hours of her visit to go help us pack up her room and bring it home here so she's part of that memory that process and understands that life throws these curveballs and these are the things that need to be dealt with and she says oh my parents did that when I graduated and I because my girlfriend went off to Switzerland for three or six months when we all graduated from high school and worked at a ski resort so jealous it was just uh it was just wonderful for her well she moved out and her parents not huge sentimentality people like my mom is a hoarder my sister throws everything away it's almost like she's the opposite rebellion of that what she grew up with i kind of walk the line i have huge sentimentality um i try very hard not to hoard i do hang on to stuff and my husband tries to keep that under control but i also believe in history i believe in keeping things for the next generation i believe in things that have memories you know that's just how i'm wired So Beard's parents were not, and they went into her room and just threw out half her stuff. They cleaned out the room while she was away for this period of time. And she came home and she was mortified and she was hurt and she felt betrayed. And those were her things and they were important to her. Her parents felt that they were just junk and she didn't need them anymore. She was 19 now. So do you see how they created a memory and a, and a lack of trust in her, in her, in her psyche. And I don't want Adelaide to experience that either. I don't think she should just realize that everything she, every gift she's been given, everything she owns in that house just disappeared or what happened to it. Um, Her daddy's got to move and I believe she needs to be part of that process. So she needs to be part of the change. I don't believe the change needs to be just thrust on her. Sometimes these things happen, we can't help it. But if we can, I believe the process needs to be gone through. So that's my two bits worth on that one. I do believe the children need to be part of the process. They need to understand how life works. And actually this works very the same with older children. And when I watch this new generation of parents just doing everything for their children, and these kids are graduating basically from high school and still have never done a load of laundry or don't know how to empty a dishwasher or take out the trash or clean a toilet. I'm like, seriously, how did you expect them to live on their own? Um, we've almost got this pendulum thing where we felt the, the harshness of the 50s, 60s housewife thing and that beaver cleaver some of us grew up with. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe you went through that life point in life like I did um, with working parents. Well, I did not have that. My mom was an at-home typical housewife of the 60s and 70s, okay? Uh, lots of people didn't have that. But the point I'm trying to make is these things all, all color how we look at the world and how we experience life. Now, you might get very lucky. I have a very dear friend here in the neighborhood that her mother just waited on her hand and foot until she left home. And she lived at home for years until she was married. She went from their uh, mom's house to, to, to her new house and hadn't done a thing. She didn't even know how to clean a toilet. But she learned. She says, "I, Shelly, I just learned. And I do have to hand that to her, but I, that's not everyone's experience. And I don't believe that children should just be thrown out there with absolutely no idea how to function. They have got to do chores and understand and i don't mean getting paid for them they just need to learn to contribute to a household you look after them as babies and as they age they learn to contribute to the to the larger village uh, uh, as a whole okay and so that's how you need to change your mentality if you're looking at it as we had an incident when my son was younger, where my husband was making him mow the lawn and I've got it. I'm not even going to lie. My family did an intervention thought they had the right to tell me what chores my son could and couldn't do. And my husband just shut them right down and they never commented again. And really it was hysterical that they thought they even had the right, but apparently they did. And uh, we just stopped that in its tracks because that's just not how it works grown men and grown women that are contributing to society need to learn to contribute as they're younger. And it happens in stages. We don't, we don't dump a household responsibility on a 12 year old. We teach a 12 year old how to use a washing machine, how to empty a dishwasher. If they're 12, they're big enough to take out the garbage. It's little things. It's just contributing to everything. And that way if all those chores get done in an hour on Saturday morning, instead of the four hours, it would just take mom alone. Everyone gets to go have an adventure, So there's kind of like a reward. Life in the family gets, the dynamics get to change when one person is just not slave labor. And I am way off on a tangent here on the kid thing. I apologize. Yeah, my segues get a little crazy. I I apologize for that back to not living in regret. Let me tell you, you may live in a bit of regret when your children come to you later and say, why didn't you teach me this? And I was a pretty tough mom and my son still came back to me at 22 and said, you should have been tougher, which I thought was kind of funny because everyone thought I was a bit of a witch back then and was pretty hardcore. So the fact that they thought I should be tougher was was kind of funny. Uh, Anyways, back to living, not living in regret and making memories. Chores though, The reason I got on that segue is these are memories as well. These are all the things that we take with us in life. So I made amazing memories yesterday and I took my girlfriend to a store called Capital Iron in Victoria that's just a riot. Uh, It has everything you can imagine. It's like like home decor meets camping store meets kitchen store meets outdoor store meets... An old-fashioned general store that's what it's like and it's I just love that store it's deadly for me so yes we had a couple hours in there as well to fell in love as well and we came home with a few little purchases and every time we see those little teeny purchases we'll think of our day together and our capital iron experience and our high tea when we see the pictures on Facebook and Instagram you know these are that's just the deal and I am so grateful for that memory and I'm grateful I did not let myself get overwhelmed talk myself out of it. And I almost did like, seriously, I I almost had a day where it was just like, I just can't fit this in right now. Oh, and don't get me wrong, coming home like yesterday, I ended up doing different chores, not working in my office because I was so mentally and physically exhausted from the day that I really was just I was hurting. I went into a bit of flare with my fibro. And uh, so today I have to do taxes and, and work, which normally on Fridays I don't. And that's okay too. I just I just flowed with it. But there's nothing about yesterday's day of pain and sore and and feeling a little tired that would have changed my mind to not have that memory of the Wednesday. Do you know what we're of an age, my friends and I. We're in our 50s now and I have a lot of friends that are 20 years younger and 20 years older. And my parents' generation are passing away now and I'm watching friends go through this over and over and my own father doesn't really have a lot of time left, I don't believe he's got advanced dementia and he is, has, has had his first stroke. There's issues we're going to have to deal with in, in, in their lives coming up here soon. And other friends have lost parents and my own sister-in-law lost her father two days ago. Time marches on folks, whether you are aware of it or conscious of it or not, that time is going to keep marching. So what are you doing with that time? And I hope part of it is making fabulous memories. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you'd like best about today's podcast. Leave a review on iTunes or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.